Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Welcome to the first episode of Sports Weekly with me, Ayaz Memon. Join me and we'll travel together in the sporting world every week and take a deep dive into understanding all that's happening in this ecosystem. In this week's episode, we'll focus on the major action from around the cricket world, starting with the third India-England test match, the upcoming Australia versus New Zealand T20 series, and the IPL auction which just concluded. For this, we'll be joined by former India cricketer Yajuvendra Singh, who'll tell us what this auction means for all the teams. The big match coming up, India versus England. It's going to be a day-night ping-ball test match at a new stadium or at least a refurbished stadium at Motera in Ahmedabad. It's, going to, it's got a capacity of 100,000 people. Perhaps not all seats will be full, though we've been informed that you know there's a protocol for social distancing which will have to be adhered to. So I expect about 50,000 people odd in this stadium. But that's not really the issue here. The issue is the series is level 1-1. And let me just kind of give you a backdrop to this: what this contest means and what this series means. One is, of course, the outcome of the series. Can India regain the rubber from England? Remember, England beat India in 2018 when we went to England. And now India looking to exact revenge and, of course, regain the rubber. And then there's the larger picture. And the backdrop is the World Test Championship, uh, the final of which is going to be played mid-2021. And India has clawed back into contention after winning the second test match at Chepok. After they had lost the first, first test match, England had climbed up to number one. India had tumbled down to number four. But things have changed after that massive 317-run win uh, over England at Chepok in the second match where R. Ashwin, Rohit Sharma, Akshar Patel were all heroes. In this match, the, the day-night match, Things are going to change. First of all, it's a day-night match. So, uh, you know, the, the tactics, the technique, the choice of players, all will see some change in my opinion. This is the second day-night test match being played in India. The first one was against Bangladesh, which with India won quite easily. But this is a different opponent. And uh, this is a new ground in a sense that everything about this venue is now being changed. Uh, the pitch has been relayed. The entire ground has been relayed. How will this pitch play? What will it demand from the players, from the batsmen, from the bowlers is something that is still laden with suspense. What we do know is that test cricket under under floodlights, and this has been proved in the in the few matches that have been played since 2015-16, when the first ever day-night test match was played in Australia between England, but between Australia and New Zealand, that the ball starts to swing around twilight when the lights come on. And therefore, the hardship level for batsmen goes up. Bowlers come more into play. They get the benefit of swing, some lateral movement of the pitch. Which means, I mean, if we just go by what's been happening over the last five, seven years, that the role of the spinners, which was so pronounced, so accentuated in the previous two test matches, may not hold true at Ahmedabad. So, I feel that India may not go in with three spinners, as they did in both the matches at, at Chennai. Probably one spinner will be dispensed with. Why probably? I'm almost certain. And Jasprit Bumrah, who has been rested for the second test match, will come in. England too have more or less made it clear that Moin Ali is not going to play because Moin Ali has gone back to England. Uh, will Dom Bess, the other off-spinner, come into the side? Perhaps. But if he does come in into the side, it could be at the cost of, of Jack Leach, 
uh, who who impressed in parts. He was patchy in the second test match at at uh, at Chipok. I think that what England might want to do is go back to James Anderson and Stuart Broad as their mo you know the most trusted bowling pair that they've got. Between them, they've taken what almost almost eleven hundred test wickets, and that's you know formidable. And test the Indian batting, the strong Indian batting with swing and seam movement. And then, of course, they've got Ben Stokes in support. It's almost certain that Jofra Archer will play. So it'll be a three-pronged pace attack. Anderson, Broad and Jofra Archer, according to me, with Stokes in support and either Jack Leach or Dom Bess uh, in, 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 as, as the lone spinner. But really, the test for England is about their batting. It's looked so fragile. It's looked so vulnerable against the turning ball. They'll be hoping that this pitch holds up because if, if it starts turning, then India have got uh, what I call the, the most valuable player currently in Indian, in, not just in Indian cricket, but in world cricket, and that is Ravi Chandran Ashwin. Uh, he's just come along so splendidly in the last four, five test matches that he's played. This 2021 season has been bountiful for him. Five matches, 29 wickets, 200 plus runs. He has kind of catapulted himself into that cluster of all-rounders which includes, in the Indian context, Kapil Dev and Vinu Mankar. It would have been heresy to include anybody else in that cluster. But Ashwin has made such rapid strides. It's going to be very difficult to keep him away from this cluster. All in all, it promises to be a very engaging test match. Remember, if India have to qualify for the World Test Championship, they have to win the series. If they win 2-1, they are through to the World Test Championship. For England to qualify, they have to win by a two-win margin. So they have to win 3-1. They can't win 4-0. They have to win 3-1, which means they have to win this test match. If they don't win this test match, then they can't make it to the WTC final. The trans-Tasman rivalry is going to be revived when Australia go to New Zealand for a series of five T20 matches. Uh, this is, it's, it's become the staple diet the world over. The cricket world you know, just laps up uh, T20 matches. So I'm not surprised that they're playing five matches. But really the story... Uh, in Australia and of course in the cricket world is Australia pulling out of a tour of South Africa. Now, uh, this was a tour that was much looked forward to in South Africa, uh, in Australia, not just for the financial aspect of it because South Africa were looking to make some money out of it, but also because there's the World Test Championship as I mentioned in the other context with India and England uh, and the, Australia is in strong contention. Now, Australia have actually shot themselves in the foot because by not going to South Africa, they cannot win any points. And remember, they lost four points uh, because of slow over rate against India in the series against India. So, they are in danger of being bumped out of the World Test Championship because New Zealand is the team that qualified automatically when South Africa uh, were not hosting Australia, when Australia pulled out. And uh, India have made a strong comeback against England. So, it looks like it could, it could be or it will be New Zealand and India getting into the into the World Test Championship final. Fingers crossed, all Indian fans will be hoping that happens. But Australia, who at various points in the last year, year and a half, looked good. I mean, they were either the number one ranked test team, uh, also ahead in the World Test Championship. It's been kind of going back and forth. It's also, it must be said that some of the rules determining the points and how the points will be calculated have undergone some changes, uh, which Virat Kohli 
mentioned in in one of the post match interviews that they were not, why india were not thinking about the world test championship because the rules keep keep getting changed be that as it may australia and the australian players i think will will suffer uh, if india make it into the wtc final because then new zealand and india will play at lords and australia will be sitting and twiddling the thumbs in melbourne or sydney or wherever for having decided not to go to south africa covid related there's always the threat you can't undermine it you can't understate it but if other teams can come to australia and play including india and domestic cricket is going on in australia while the covid issue still rages and while south africa have been hosting other teams uh, to come and play there it just escapes understanding why australia would take such a deliberately cussed stand of not going to south africa uh, i can only think of one explanation is that a new you know there, there's a mutation of the covid virus and there's a distinct south african strand which has come out which perhaps has alarmed the uh, the australian cricket board uh, perhaps some of the cricketers themselves but all told is going to cost them dear in the it could cost them very dear in the world test championship coming up next and this has to be perhaps my favorite story so far this year which is West Indies beating Bangladesh 2-0 in a two test series now when West Indies went to Bangladesh nobody gave them a hope in hell not because Bangladesh are invincible at home they have been beaten there but because the West Indies team which went to Bangladesh this time just lacked it it seemed at that point in time lacked any arsenal they just didn't have the firepower uh, five or six of their their big cricketers were missing including captain Jason Holder Uh, Darren Bravo the batsman and so on uh, it 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 looked like a mismatch but hey look at what happened the first test west indies won with shakibul hasan playing now i'm saying this deliberately because shakibul hasan is the fulcrum he's the key figure in bangladesh cricket he's come back after a one year ban and performed splendidly in some of some white ball cricket looked extremely good in the first match too first test match till he got unfortunately injured and his injury actually did help west indies because they were set to chase 395 runs in the fourth innings i mean you know that that's an incredible figure to chase especially for a team which was you know almost in tatters in terms of talent and then they found somebody the west indies kyle myers he's not a rookie he's about 27 28 he comes in and makes a double century in his maiden test match test debut and the fourth innings of the test match and helps west indies overhaul 395 so while we were all clamoring and of course applauding and exulting about india's magnificent win over australia in brisbane this was no less i mean you put it in context this was a dramatic or melodramatic win as any in the history of test cricket and what it did was it just made west indies so confident going into the next test match uh that despite the best efforts of bangladesh they ended up winning the the second test match so west indies have won two on the trot beaten bangladesh uh at home never an easy task as i might say and suddenly it has sparked off interest not just in the caribbean islands or the caribbean countries but all over the cricket world and who doesn't want the caribbean flavor the caribbean style of cricket to prosper uh it's been a long while since you know we talked of great teams of from the west indies you have to go back about 30 years if not longer when you look at the lineage and the legacy of west indies cricket you're talking of 
the three W's, Weeks, Wall, Walcott, Sobers, Canhai, Hall, Griffith, Lloyd, Marshall, Richards. I mean, I can go on and on rattling off names. And then you come to, you know, you come almost to a thudding halt when you enter this, this millennium. Uh, so while there have been some very hardworking players and some really exciting players like Chris Gale and Dwayne Bravo and, you know, Jason Holder, it's just not kind of measured up to the to the glorious past of the West Indies. Now, the West Indies cricket aficionados are hoping that this will trigger off massive interest in, in, in test cricket because the West Indian cricketers in recent times have been opting to play T20 leagues as, you know, mercenaries or uh, journeymen rather than focus on test cricket. Will things change? I hope they do. Coming up next, we'll try and make some sense of the IPL auctions which happened last week. Uh, it, it was fairly exciting. And of course, some insane bids were made, uh, which many people couldn't fathom. Some of them, I couldn't, certainly. To try and make sense of the auction, I'm going to lean on former India cricketer Yajwendra Singh, also former world record holder for the number of catches in a test match. He had seven of them in a in a match against England in 1976-77. And of course, he's been associated with cricket in many, many ways uh, in administration, in terms of selection, follows the game passionately. Welcome to the show, Sunny. Thanks, thanks. Ayaz. So, did you watch this uh, auction? Uh, were you were you following it closely? I was. I was. I was transfixed, and I couldn't make too much sense of it. So, can you can you help us through this? I watched it through the earlier stages. Um, you know, then later on, I mean, it just dragged on and on and on. But uh, when we talk about making sense. I think this auction never IPL auction never makes any sense, uh, cricketing wise, because you have. Uh, players of uh, great calibers going in for hardly any amount of money. And then uh, there's always these surprises that come about uh, in every auction, you know, whether it's a mini auction or a main auction, surprises of players. Uh, I, I think it's just sometimes the way it the, the flow uh, comes about and, and the desperation of a team to get a certain player or a certain skill, skill of a player. So it, it's the same over here. I think it made no sense at all. So in your, I mean, I know you've been closely associated with some franchises or at least people who run those franchises, the management or the, you know, selectors and stuff. What are yeah. selectors looking for? I mean, the T20 format itself is so, yeah. uh, you know, is so mercurial that what kind of strategies do they look for? See, the main thing is naturally everyone wants to have a winning combination. And for that, you need to have a good batsman up in front who can also be aggressive and consistent and uh, a, a good all-rounder and a hard hitter at the end. Those are And these days, a good leg spinner or a spinner who can actually flight the ball because they seem to be able to capture many, many more wickets than just uh, the normal bowlers. So, and, and then they all look a lot about, uh, you know, the the fitness of a player and the availability of a player also. So at times, uh, you know, they are not too sure of, let's say, an all-rounder and his fitness. Then they try and find somebody else who can replace him in a similar sort of uh, uh, skills. And uh, it, it's basically on that. It's basically the availability and, and the way can this uh, player uh, play to our plans. And another thing that is very important 
is how do they gel with the team and how do they gel with the franchisee? Because a lot of them find some of the players very difficult to deal with. And uh, that is something uh, people try and try and find out, you know, whether is he somebody who can uh, easily sort of get along with all our players or all our franchisees. And, uh, and I think those are the basic uh, things. But the main tactics are having a good, you know, opening batsmen in the earlier batting order, having a good all-rounder and a hard hitter at the end. That is the most important. Well, well, the trend of this this auction seems to be that everybody seems to have been chasing all-rounders, whether it's, you know, fast bowling all-rounders or spin bowling all-rounders like a Moin Ali or a Krishnappa Gautam or a Kylie Jamieson. Uh, you know, yeah. they, there's been such a clamor or Glenn Maxwell, Shakibul Hassan, yeah. you name them. It just seems, uh, you know, guys who can bowl and bat or bat and bowl. You know, it seems to have commanded a premium this time. Yeah, because, uh, you know, they, they're useful in many, many ways as such. They're, they're useful to you as they take a bowler's position as well as a batter's position. And a lot of these all-rounders, because of their ability of being able to do both, are, are fierce hitters, are hard hitters as well. So, I mean, that is uh, something that is always useful in T20 cricket. I think all-rounders basically, uh, even in the one-day cricket, you know, the, when India won the 1983 World Cup, there were so many all-rounders in that Indian team. They may not have been, all of them may not have been a Kapil Dev, but they were all contributors. And I think gradually the T20 is also moving into that area that it's, we would rather have somebody who can contribute in certain ways in, in whether batting or bowling. And that's why they tend to get more preference. So, I mean, bits and pieces, players command the best price. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not being facetious about it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I could have bowled off spin, bowled a bit of medium paces and batted. I think uh, you would have given me 17 crores, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you were you unfortunately born in a different era. But most seriously, Sunny, 16.25 uh, yeah. crore for Chris Morris. Base price was 75 lakh. I mean, uh, what's happened? What, what what was happening? What is what is going on in the minds of the RCB, you know, think tank? I I think they just got carried away. I, I really honestly feel that every time Rajasthan Royals, I've seen that over years and I've been following them. And as you said, yes, I have been quite close to them as well. Uh, I, I'm quite flabbergasted as to why you would spend A. I mean, he was a, uh, Miller was there, uh, there their own player, Rajasthan Royals player earlier, who hardly played anything for them in any of the matches. And he's not done something exceptionally well, good in this last year or so for him to sort of demand such a great price. It, sometimes they just get carried away. Maybe they thought they needed somebody to give Ben Stokes, if he, something happens to him, to give him a little bit of reprieve. Uh, and uh, maybe that's that's uh, the only thought that I can put through, and uh, and and I think the the, the battle, the auction battle, just uh, carried them to another level. So, and 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 what do you make of RCB's spending twenty nine point two five crore on two players, Glenn Maxwell, who's actually been an underperformer if you look at the last few seasons, uh, yeah. and then Kylie Jamieson, of course, he's had a great home season. And he's an exciting young, you know, upcoming all rounder. But twenty nine point two five crore. I mean, you know, for these two, I Glenn Maxwell. Yes, I agree with you. But then, you know, Maxwell 
maybe money is not everything uh, that all franchisees look at. They really, at times, you know, if somebody says we want Maxwell, then they get it at any price. And uh, that's what I think has happened with both this, uh, both Miller as well as Maxwell. Maxwell, I think they need somebody. Uh, there's such a lot of dependence on, you know, uh, on Devillers and uh, and Kohli. And if they get out, the team seems to struggle. To have three uh, sort of brilliant players, uh, or T20 players, they feel maybe uh, Maxwell will give them some sort of uh, momentum in uh, in the middle order yeah. as such. So I'm going to talk about two other franchises. That one is, of course, uh, CSK, who actually yeah. taken Moin Ali away from RCB, uh, seven crore, you know, and crores. and you know, maybe because this time the tournament will be in India, so Chennai pitch will help spinners. But they've let go of Harbhajan Singh, and Harbhajan Singh has been picked up by Kolkata Knight Riders, in, and they've also got Shakibul Hassan. And you know, I mean, yeah. it looks like what Chennai Super Kings was in the previous edition or the previous two years, Dad's Army, yeah. KKR is yeah. ending up looking more and more like that. Andre Russell, Sunil Narayan, a little yeah. long in both of them not getting any younger. Shakib in his uh, 30s. Then of course, yeah. there is Harbhajan Singh. Ian Morgan himself, uh, he's a very fit man, but he's 34. So, it just seems there's a shift in their tactics because a couple of years back, they had gone in for a complete overhaul and got all the youngsters in. And I agree with you there, uh, totally. And he, But the good part is they've got Karun Nair. Yeah. I, I think he'll be a good advantage for them uh, in, in the batting, at least part of it. Uh, and I agree with you on the CSK because uh, somehow or the other, they just, uh, I mean, uh, the Raina, to, to keep Raina there, uh, again, like you said, Moin Ali, he's not done great uh, uh, even in this series as such. Uh, I, but... Uh, they seem to be going more for experience. I think somebody that Dhoni feels comfortable, he can handle. I, I, I get that sort of a feeling. And with uh, Ravindra Jadeja also struggling uh, with yeah. fitness, uh, they really have a very old team. Uh, Kedar Jadav, they got rid of as well. Uh, and so, I don't know what... And then they took Uttapa. Robin Uttapa, know? yes. Yeah, Robin from Rajasthan Royals. Again, it was not. There are so many uh, nice young Indian batsmen. Yet they should have concentrated much more on that sort of a uh, uh, lot of players. Ruturaj Gaikwad is giving them very good service. Then that is a good investment that they did. I must ask you about Steve Smith being you yeah. know picked up by Deccan uh, by Delhi Capitals uh, and just just little above his base price. His base price was 2 crore. He's gone for 2.20. He must be, he must be, he must have had a couple of sleepless nights considering what Maxwell and Jai Richardson and some of the other <laughs> Aussies have got. But, yeah. now this is the prickly part. Why yeah. would Delhi Capitals want Steve Smith with their top order so well established? You know, with Shikhar Dhawan and Shreya Sayar and, you know, including Panth who bats in the top order who should be batting. And there is this, there is this, you know, I was on a show yesterday, uh, some days back, where Lalchan Rajput, the former India yep. opener and, you know, coach of Zimbabwe and etc, etc. He felt that this is more of a network syndrome. So if Ricky Ponting is the coach of Delhi, maybe he has more trust in Steve Smith's ability. It's not about anything nefarious, but that's easier. That's an easier choice to make. Do you think something like that is, you know, that, that kind of influence works? 
it it could be it, it could be but remember steve smith was a fantastic player i mean he's one of the top batters in the world so i'm quite surprised how rajasthan royals uh, got rid of him i really actually thought that he was being put into the auction and they would picked up for less a price him. yeah they would take him at a cheaper price yeah. you know because uh, that's what i thought but when they stopped bidding for him i was quite surprised and then he didn't carry forward from two crores and i agree with you on delhi uh, what will happen it's going to be a battle between him and rane for That's a true. for, for yes. a position yeah. you know uh, because both are similar you can't have both of them in the same sort of a team well know? they were and, both together for rajasthan and we know that there was a bit of a issue because you know in fact rane opted out and went to delhi yeah but even steve smith i mean you wouldn't want to get rid of a batsman like Yeah. Uh he's he's a world class player. So I mean that this is where the auction just doesn't uh, uh, sort of give you the yeah. correct standing of uh, of a cricketer. But uh, when you're talking about Ponting maybe Ponting finds that he must just must have definitely been an influencer in yeah. getting Steve Smith to No, I, I I must say Sunny, I mean you know there've been some there's been some criticism and some caustic words said about oh you know how coaches can influence and get players they want i am a little wary of that logic because you know ultimately they don't sign the checks the franchise owners and promoters sign the checks and when yeah. you know when it comes to signing the checks you and i both know how difficult it is for people to part with money for what <laughs> what they don't think is you know valuable talent or value for money so i don't buy that but let me come now to the last part of my conversation which yeah. is the uncapped india players uh, you got krishnappa gautam he's not a rookie he's uh, he's 32 years old uh, yeah, 9 9 plus crore then you got sharukh khan not the actor but yeah. uh, 25 year old from tamil nadu big hitting guy and you know what i feel has made a difference sunny is the yeah. performance in the sayed mushtaq ali tournament likewise Correct. performance in the big bash league has been in, you know influential like glen maxwell in great form Jai Richardson in great great form. Though I I can't understand why Alex Hales hasn't been picked up, for that matter. You know, Aaron Finch or some of these guys who also did well in BBL. I I I'm with you there. But when you're talking about these uncapped players, um, Gautam, as we all know, he was also a part of Rajasthan Royals, and uh, he's he's played uh, and they didn't give him many matches. I think Kings Eleven was the next stage. He was. I'm quite surprised that people are so desperate to uh, to get somebody like him into the uh, into the and that also Chennai had got uh, Moin Ali as well. So uh, I I'm I'm shocked at the price that they paid for him but then maybe he he, he was at the right time at the right place you could say. And uh, Shahrukh Khan I I don't know much about him but uh, he's got 140 in a what a final match against a bowling that is not not definitely not going to be jofra archer on and that sort yeah. of a bowling attack so i think people are getting carried away with the side modi yes side mustakali tournament because that it's played in the domestic scenario and uh, and there are lots of bowlers you could hit out of the ground they're not as good as what you would have at the ipl and especially when these indians have to play the top class bowlers at uh, that's when i'm finding most of them succumb to that pressure and cannot hit the ball uh, hard enough uh, and 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 it's i've seen that in, even during my days you know people would come to me and say you know this guy is a very hard hitting batsman 
and he hits sixes all over the place. And then when we used to play him in the Ranji Trophy, the fellow couldn't even bring his bat down before he was bowled. <laughs> Similarly, things happen to to people. You know, people are getting carried away seeing domestic cricket. Yeah. And not realizing that what, you know, the bouncers and the, the speed that that they will have to face is totally different. So, uh, it's it's, a, it's very good for them, you know, that they've got there. At least uh, I feel good that uh, our uncapped players are being given this opportunity to uh, mix around, to see what is happening uh, around, you know, in the in world cricket and, yeah. and rubbing shoulders with the best. There's a lot to learn. I think that's really the big, big story about the IPL outside of the money and who wins and who loses is the learning uh, that is spread around on the on, on the circuit. You know, youngsters learning. Mohammad Siraj learning from Dale Stain, for instance, you know, yeah. uh, which has been great. So, you know, thanks a lot for speaking to us. Before I sign off, I have a word of advice for you, Sunny. Dye your okay. hair, pull out your old whites and be ready for the next auction. If these guys can earn <laughs> 9 crore and 10 crore, I'm sure you can do yeah. better. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye. It's time for Fantasy Picks. And now let's go over to our super fan, Mr. Fantastic. Hey everybody, I'm Mr. Fantastic and I'm here to help you pick the best fantasy 11 for this test match. It's a tough one because the English have sent Moin Ali back and it's surprising but they've got the strange rotation policy going so some of their best players end up going back. But it's going to be tricky for more reasons than one. We heard that it's highly likely that Jofra Archer, James Anderson and... Stuart Broad are all likely to pay. Now, you wouldn't have enough money in any of the fantasy games to buy all three of them. At the same time, this looks like a day-night uh, pitch that will suit the bowlers more, which means that your batters are not going to get you as many points as you should. So the balance is going to be important. I would go with an 11 that is leaning heavily towards the bowling and not so much towards the batting. Expect the batsman to fail in this one but you still need to pick the batsman. So what's the 11 looking like? You also need to start with a keeper. I'd say go with Pant because he's, he's in form. Form wins over everything in this part of the game. Go with Pujara. He's most likely to hang around at the longest. Go with Root because he's again in form and he will probably enjoy these conditions with the bowlers hammering him short ones and not balls that go along the ground. Pick Gill. He did well on some of the faster pitches in Australia. Folks, Bairstow, both of them make it. We don't know who England will call on to keep, but it will most likely be folks given how well he did in the last test match. Get Stokes, Anderson and Archer because that's the pace battery that's really going to wear down the Indians. Uh, Bumrah and Ashwin. And I pick Bumrah over anyone else simply because he's got what it takes to make any of these batsmen around the world suffer. None of the other Indian bowlers I expect would stand up to him. Ashwin picked again for form. That's your 11. If you do better than me, don't tell me. But if I do better than you, expect to hear from me. Have a good one. Bye. Okay, folks, that's it from me for this week. Thanks for joining in. We'll catch up again next week. <laughs>